0: Okay, do you have the candles? Yes, I've
1: got the candles, you know, expensive fancy ones from the shops. Uh-huh, Seemed but, appropriate. But they're black, right? Oh, they're black, yeah, yes, yeah. but you know, they're the they're the ones from those fancy uh-huh. fancy shops that suffer made a huge markup.
0: Okay, and I, I managed to get some blood from the butchers. Oh, lovely, that'll do just fine. Okay, and you've got the sacrifice. Uh yes, I've got the sacrifice ready to go. And you're sure Tofurky will be fine.
1: I'm sure it'll be fine, you know. I it, okay. it, it's you know I hear I hear demons are all all into it these days.
0: Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'll get the book. Come forth, oh dark demon, and do my bidding. I command you to remain within the circle with the lighting of these candles at the point of the star.
1: Right, what do you want me to
0: do? You're the uh, all-powerful demon. Yeah, I'm the
1: demon. What do you you want?
0: And you're capable of large-scale destruction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can really shake things up, cause yeah. a lot of uh, disturbance. It's what I do. Okay, and and uh, that's brilliant. Now, how do you feel about overthrowing capitalism for me?
1: Uh, I'm really sorry, someone already uh, made me do capitalism. Why do you think everything's getting so terrible out there in the first place? Ah, uh,
0: but we summoned you and now we have control over you, so off you go, get rid of that capitalism.
1: Okay, I'll get rid of capitalism, but you know that... Uh, Friends over in the CEO offices land me back in on.
0: Look, that's assuming that we dispel you at any point. Hmm. Or you could just do our will and then take all of the capitalists and torture them forever.
1: What will get out of this that, you know, I could be torturing everyone.
0: Or you could torture Jeff Bezos, a man so privileged that he would never expect and never understand the the, the torture, the endless eternal torture that he would suffer. As a result of it, think about it. Like most millennials these days are already just so used to just the the grueling punishment under capitalism, you in fact could have somebody who it would come as a total surprise to and be totally horrified by the whole experience.
1: it's
0: starting to come around. It's
1: starting to hear. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Greeting, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane magnet Magnet. And welcome to another
1: episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and have a bit of a catch-up and do some skits and silly voices. It's us. It's us. How are you doing this week?
0: Um, a bit sleepy, but probably not a sleepy shoot. Oh!
1: Oh, I got a big case of the sleepies. Big case I, of the sleepies. I know that this is how we start, like half our episodes of this show. It's like pretty good, but you know, sleepy, exhausted. It's it's you know <laughs> that it, millennial mood. It's that big millennial mood, but like particularly this week, I had uh, I've just come off of two nights where I didn't really sleep. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been something, mm-hmm. but we're here. We're gonna do a show. Yeah, we're here. Um, we we're queer.
0: we're we're
1: getting used to it. No, we're already streaming <laughs>
0: Uh
1: yeah, we've we've had a pretty packed week of stuff we've done. It feels like it, yeah. I feel like we've gotten more media consumed than we do in some weeks this week. I think
0: it's helped that like we've got to that point in the year where the, the party season is starting to End and we getting You say that
1: we did have a party weekend this
0: weekend. We we did. We did in fact. We lost both our Saturday and Sunday to the fact that a party had occurred. That 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 is true. But yeah, yeah, I take your meaning. Well, You say that, but like I spent most of my Sunday playing. Yeah. So we have that to talk about.
1: Yeah. Well, the the more I think about it, the more I'm like, we went out twice for big dancey events this week, but. Yeah, it's not been too bad of a week. Yeah, but we but we saw things, we en- engaged in entertainment. In- indeed, we and did That's en- what this show We engaged about. with entertainment. So should we start with what we've been playing this mm-hmm. week? Uh, have you played many
0: things this week? Uh, they all involve one particular device. So shall we start with the device?
1: Uh yeah. Device! Yeah, so we've had a thing turn up at the house that I am in the in the process of reviewing. Uh, the Oculus Quest. Mm. Which is a VR headset. Uh We've talked about those before, like, we, you've used the PlayStation VR before. Uh that's the
0: only VR I'd ever
1: tried before. Uh, That one requires, you have to have a PlayStation 4 and a big cable running across your living room to use it. Um, And it's a bit complicated to set up. Uh And even then...
0: And then you have to go out and
1: buy separate controllers. Yeah, and you have to have a camera on top of your telly, and it doesn't do room scale, so you can't walk around in 3D space, you can only sort of be in a fixed location. Yeah. Um... This is quite a fancy step up from that. So much freedom! Um, so yeah, this, this is a room-scale VR headset, and yeah. by that it means, like, you can set up a predefined space, and you can walk around, and you move your character around by walking in 3D space. You can pivot in 360 degrees around a scene. You don't um, need
0: those weird... Like standy bits in the corner of the room. Yeah, so you don't need to cover the mirrors in the room.
1: Yeah, so I've I've done room scale VR before, and um, particularly the the HTC Vive, and that was probably the first one that did room scale VR, and it did it really well. But you had to have four um, of these sort of like tracking points on big tripods in the corners of the room, and they would fire off all these little LED uh, like uh, infrared lights that you mm. couldn't see, and that would that was how it tracked. And the problem is, is you have to have all of the mirrors and windows, and ideally, like, any reflective surface, like a TV screen, covered. Um, because otherwise they would sort of reflect off and it would throw the sense of mm-hmm. where you were in the room. It occasionally caused some real problems with setup for that. But, um... Yeah, this doesn't need that. Nope. Um, it's got cameras in the headset that face outward. Yes, four um, of them like, right around the edges of the, the front. Yeah, so when you first set the headset up, you uh, you put a controller down on the floor so it knows where the floor is. Um, and you trace around like the edges of your room to go like, this is the space that is good to play in. And it remembers that space and you it, it'll put up these sort of force field walls if you get too close to stop you, you know, mm-hmm. smacking into your telly or something or uh-huh. hitting a
0: wall. It seemed to be pretty good at remembering that 3D space, didn't it? It has. Um, I redrew it, basically... We had that little go of it with the table in the middle of the room as the table lived. We had this sort of pushed it slightly to one side. It was a bit like a couple of corridors. Yeah. Yeah, It was you could play in these sort of corridors of space. Yeah, and there was a few times where I found that a little bit oppressive because if you wave the controller too far, it starts to bring up the barriers. Yeah. It there was was a lot of reminders of the real world. Yes.
1: Whereas you cleared off like a probably like a five foot by five foot chunk of floor
0: space. Um But I think by clearing that, I made a lot more space way into that corner. Well, that's what I I I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I think at the moment we've got maybe like 10 foot by 10 foot total space in that room that can be used for VR. It's It's a little bit wobbly near the door because the door's there as well, but... It's, it's a really interesting, like, thing. Like, I played... I'll, I'll, I mean, I will go into the yeah. first game. Uh, I played Super Hot VR. Oh, that's such a fucking cool game, right? It's yeah. an amazing game. And and one thing I noticed is that if you happen to move about a bit in a scene, yeah. you might find that when... If, or if you die, that, yeah. that it might sort of go, here's the thing you need to pick up to trigger the next bit. Yeah. And I'm going to put it behind you so that you have space in front of you to do all of the things Yeah. when we start. And, like, I often... The only way I knew where I was in the room was feeling the rug under my feet. Because yeah. the rug is only on it, sort of one side of the room.
1: It, it's really cool, this idea that it will rebuild the scene around you based on where in the room you are to start. Yes. Um... Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like one thing I wanted to know about that the the forgetting the room scale was one thing I was worried about it doing, mm-hmm. but you messed around a bit with like yeah. having a corridor outside of the the living oh, yeah, room, so I took it, it into just... the kitchen and down the hallway. Yeah, and it seemed to like you had to boot the VR headset up either in that that existing space or very quickly bring it in there after turning it on. But it was like, oh yeah, I know where yeah. we are. No
0: drift, you didn't accidentally walk into yeah, the... Yeah,
1: I've had no drift. The yeah. only
0: thing I noticed is that the doors were a bit narrow. Yeah. But that's because we've got shit hanging on that's our door. <laughs> fair.
1: But like, as as you were saying, for Superhot VR, I've played some of that on PlayStation VR, mm-hmm. and um, it is one of my favourite VR experiences. Mm. So for anyone who doesn't know Superhot at all, the idea is it's a first-person shooter or like first-person combat game where... The enemies only move when you're moving, um, and there was a there was a version on PC where it's like every time you move the camera, the, the enemies will move, you try and, you know, fight everyone off before they get to you, then you get to watch it back in real time. But in VR, I think it takes on a whole other thing, because it basically feels like bullet time in The Matrix, mm-hmm. like, you've got, like, armies of people trying to murder you and you're, like, physically dodging out the way of bullets, yes. um... I remember levels from the PSVR version where you're slicing bullets out of thin air with swords. It's You feel like a real fucking badass.
0: You do feel very badass. And I also found like as the game progressed, I was changing the way I played it more. Yeah. Like at the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a sort of like scan around with just my eyes. <laughs> and then I'm sort of going to look that way. Okay, there's a thing over there. Uh, oh, there's a gun near me. She's going to reach out and grab that and and, and also move to duck from the bullet that's about to shoot across me. By the end of the game, it had become much more fluid. I was like, okay, I can see a gun down there. There's someone attacking to my left. There's like two or three people slightly in front of me. Mm. So I was like, okay, clench fists, move that towards the person attacking from one side. And as they get closer, like, prepared to smack while reaching out with the other hand, well, grabbing that's... the gun, lifting up, mm. and moving my whole body in a direction to get out of the way of the bullet and shoot somebody in the yeah. head. There's one thing that I don't think
1: people really appreciate about VR until you try it in Broomscale, which is the ability to interact with things that you're not looking at based on your mm-hmm. sense of um, persistent location and muscle memory of where things are. Yes. Like, Super Hot VR is a great game for displaying that. Where like, uh, quite punch o- someone in the head. Yeah, say. quite often it'll be I know someone's coming up on my left. I will start punching them while looking away, and I don't need to look at them to punch them. I can be doing something else with my other hand, uh-huh. or I can be punching someone with my left hand, shooting someone the other way with my right hand, and looking for the next threat in a different direction. Yeah. It- it really opens up how many things you can be multitasking at once. Because mm-hmm. video games are always essentially boiled down to one point of interaction at a time. Mm. It's, it's oddly freeing to be able to react to things you're not looking at and to know that you're hitting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, super Hot VR. I only got like halfway through it on PSVR. I need to come back to it now we have room scale set up.
0: The only thing I would say as a, a content warning for that is there are two points in the game where it makes you shoot yourself in the head. Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> so that might be an issue for some people. That Google. may be a thing. Uh, um, thank I, you for doing the warning there. I found it a little bit weird. Um, generally, I found the game, like, you know, like, I, I know Superhot from just the PC game. Yes. I don't think I played any of it on the PSVR. Yeah. Um, but, like, then we moved on to, like, this one, and, like, I was used to the whole bit where it goes back to your little computer room and yeah. you discs in the thing. The only thing that really creeped me is right at the very end, You um the, like, the directional sound on the quest is pretty awesome. Yeah! And so, obviously, it's booted me back to, like, my bit, it's taken the, the fake headset off me. And then there's just this really loud knock on the door to your right. Yeah. This is my deaf ear anyway, so I'm always a little bit more jumpy on that side. Mm. Uh, like, open the door and this like pyramid just floats through. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. So,
1: the, the thing... Yeah, we should probably talk about that. The, I don't know. I need to spend more time with it to work out exactly what they're doing. But I feel like it's not relying on your ear picking up sound waves to do its sound. Because mm. when you wear it, that sound is crystal clear, very directional and very loud. But, when you're not the one wearing it, you can barely hear it, and I don't know how they're doing that. I don't know if it's one of those like induction speakers, like it but it's really
0: impressive um, yeah, yeah, like I've been like it was very handy for super hot for yeah. like hearing where bullets are coming from, or like, as you mentioned earlier about like cutting bullets in half wing there there is a level where there's like just three knives in front of you. <laughs> So it's quite handy to sort of go, okay, grab both knives, hold one out towards where I know the other enemy is, and prepare to throw one at the person in front of me and try and grab their knife. And when you hear that sort of chink to one yeah. side, you know you've cut a bullet in half, and you might want to sort of like move ever so slightly just to see where the next bullet's coming yeah. from in that direction. It's
1: it's super interesting, hot, super hot. <laughs> super hot. Uh, so yeah, what else have you played on that, that Oculus uh, Quest um, this week?
0: I tried the, uh, what was it called, Pirate Demo? Oh, Space Pirate Trainer. Space Pirate Trainer Demo. Yes, I need to get, get the full... It's a very short demo. <laughs> yes, I need to get the full
1: demo on there. But it's uh, for anyone who's, who's not played it, it's a VR shooting gallery game where the basic idea is you've got your two hands can either hold two guns... Or you can put your hands behind your back to turn your gun into a shield and have a big force shield. You can do that with both or neither. It's another dodge bullets, shoot at things, but this time in real time. Mm-hmm. How'd you get on with that demo? Um, the, I, I was surprised
0: how short the demo was. I would have yeah. thought, like, maybe a couple of extra waves or something. Yeah.
1: It, like, I've played the full game and I need to get the full game sorted on there, but um, hmm. the full game has a lot more, like, different types of weapons and different types of enemies and mm.
0: You know, it shakes it up a bit more, but... Uh... Like, before you actually go into the actual demo bit of the game, you do get a chance to go, hey, this weapon, you can set it to, like, six different modes, and it'll do, like, a shotgun thing, or hmm. a, a rail laser, or, like, a machine gun. Yeah. Like, it was quite cool to sort of flick through them, those, and then almost immediately it goes, these guns do almost nothing right now, but here's this. Mm. Um, and it's sort of nice to give you a vague idea. Like, if that is all the game, that it is just sort of a stand-there shooting gallery, I'm not sure it's, I'd be that so interested. It
1: is, it is basically that, but the thing the thing that I think makes it interesting is it's 360 degrees, because most of this was focused on stuff in front of you. Mm. Um, they make good use of room scale in that you have to be constantly looking in all directions, oh. um, and that gets really interesting later on. Um yeah. I I want to play more of it, and I literally just chucked the demo on because it was the first thing I found that was like, oh yeah, I remember this having fun shooting mechanics. And mm. um, in the full game, it's very much um, it it does the same sort of thing as Super Hot, where you as you get deeper in, you need to be multitasking and like blocking bullets you're not looking at, based mm-hmm. on your yeah. just where you know they're coming from. Um, it's a fun game for that, and I I. Think it'd be worth you trying the full game, mm-hmm. but even if the demo was a bit short.
0: Hmm. Uh, you did a bit of Tilt Brush as well. I did do a bit of Tilt Brush. How'd you get on with Tilt Brush? I found the Splatter function and immediately started drawing the Stone Monkey Radio logo. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> tilt Brush is just like a little bit magical, isn't it? It is a little bit magical. Like, I'd like to fiddle about with it a bit more. Like There were things yeah. that I felt like I really would have wanted in any kind of art program, like a colour picker. Yes. Because like I did this thing and now I want to go back and do that sort of thing again, but I'm really struggling to find that color yes um. so
1: for anyone who, who doesn't know um tilt brush is a program made by google and it's basically a paint in 3d space in thin air mm. tool um we talked a while ago about lab ovr and that uh elephant oh, nose yes. that you could use to sort of paint in and mm. it's basically the same thing but with that you can move your arms more than about yeah, two feet. you can move your arms yes, further, you're not limited by the amount of paint, virtual paint you can use, and you can view your creation from multiple angles, mm. which, like, adds so much.
0: Yeah, I, I watched a video of someone using Tilt Brush, like, to paint whole scenes, and I was like, that's incredible. That, that's a thing that I'm really
1: fascinated by, is, like, at some point I want to go and paint, like, all the boundary walls so I have, like, okay, this is my physical 3D space mm. that I'm in, and then just, like, start filling the scene with things. Mm. And make like a whole like here's a virtual little diorama that you can walk through. Yeah, it's. I I would be, I would love to see, uh, a more complete version of this where things like um, I would love to see a version of this that you could then export what you'd created into 3D modeling programs. Mm-hmm. Like I would love a like blender of uh-huh. it. Yeah, like say you wanted to make a uh, video game character design. Mm-hmm that you could paint your character in 3D space if you find that easier than trying to, you know, abstract it with a mouse. Yeah. Export it into something like Blender and then have your base 3D sketch to yeah. maybe mess around with, export to
0: something yeah. that can make a skeleton rig. Okay. Like, I feel like or there was... not the other way around, if you yeah. could, like, go... This doesn't look quite right on my 2D screen. If I could import this into Tilt Brush and then walk around it and go, Ah, I see. It's Uncanny Valley because blah. Yeah, and then fix that thing and export it back. Yeah.
1: It's... I I feel like this concept has some real legs. Mm. And, like, I would love to see 20 years from now what this kind of shit is being used for. Mm. Because, like, that's a real cool thing. Probably. Uh... Yeah, should, should we talk a bit about the 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 screen quality and stuff while we're here? Because the
0: it's vastly superior to the PSVR. Yep, um, it doesn't have all the lines on it.
1: Yeah, it's it's got a much better resolution and mm-hmm. uh, refresh rate than the PSVR. Um, it's also um, as as we said, there's no cables uh, tethering it to a console. You which you can
0: plug the pa- you can play yeah. it with
1: the power cable plugged in, but, but- you can play it unplugged. Which it's so nice, I hadn't realised how nice that would be to just not be tethered mm-hmm. in virtual space. Yeah, um it's incredible. The controllers... And also,
0: once you've tried it untethered, doing it plugged in is just like... No, yeah, it's just not... not that's not right anymore, <laughs> no. is it? Um, I've been spoiled. Well, how do, do you feel about those
1: controllers? The,
0: they're... They're, they're nice, lightweight... Um, they've got an analogue
1: stick, uh, two face buttons, and then vibration the sort of grip features. Yeah, they've got a good, grip,
0: uh, good vibration. Yeah, vibration. Um, yeah, so you've got the, the two squeezies, the, the yeah. two buttons and, and the analogue sticks, and then you've got like your home button on either hmm. side. Um, the only time I found them sort of out of position of tracking hmm. is if I'd been like moving one hand around an awful lot without looking back in that direction for yeah. a while. Yeah. Like sometimes I'd have it like much further behind me and I'd look down and I'd sort of see it basically at my leg. Yeah. You occasionally need to just like every now and then bring it back in front yeah. of your face. Just or look so in the direction of that hand. Yeah. Because like all the cameras are on the front of the, the VR. Although like they're, they're sort of on the front edge. So yeah. it's, ca- it's probably got it's a got of It's got some good sideways
1: field of view. Yeah. It can't see behind you. No. It, it It's not that it can't track the controllers there it's just the longer they're out of shot the less accurate it's
0: gonna yes. be um and that's fine like i didn't really find that a problem i just sort of looked down at one i think it was super hot yeah and i just sort of uh, i i looked sort of uh, like down out of one eye rather than moving my head it down is that uncanny feeling of... it was like that's not where, the- where that is yeah my hand's not there and i sort of obviously moved, moved yeah. the camera and it went oh oh sorry sorry <laughs> Well, the other thing that's quite good is like, if you put the headset on first. Yeah. Um, and sort of look around going, oh, where did I put those controllers? It'll be like, we're over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I like that. I, on that same
1: note, I liked the ability to see. Out what the cameras on the front of the headset were seeing when you set up the room scale It is a little bit uncanny though It is a little bit uncanny but like It's,
0: it's sort of infrared it's, vision Yeah,
1: it's it's much better than the solutions of like, okay, now take the headset off trace around the room, put the headset back on oh. check that it just
0: about did it right yeah. It's uh, so You don't notice how dark the room's got You yeah. can sort of suddenly be like Oh, hang on!
1: Um, yeah, this is weird. Also, it's real nice to be able to just like pick up the headset, press a button, and it's on, yes. and not have to faff about with, okay, is the console on? Is the console in the right mode? Is everything uh, plugged in? Is everything? Correctly? Is everything else booted up? Like it's yeah. quick as anything to get yes. going. Uh yeah. What else? What else are you you played on the? I do or... know.
0: Tilt Brush. I'm using that for uh, for aerobic exercise.
1: Uh, tilt Brush. I think you mean not um, Tilt Brush. Beat Saber. Beat Saber. I yes. mean, beating my sabers. What can yeah. You say? Uh, we've talked about Beat Saber before. We it's have. that lightsaber music rhythm game. Yep, it's still that. It's real fucking fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's
0: also nice to do like uh, the ducking and bobbing stuff. Yeah, with the, with the walls when you've got no leads. Yes. Although I I did sort of put the straps on for that because I felt like I was getting That's a bit vigorous. Totally fair. Oh. Ah, yeah, I love Beat Saber. I mean. It's it's good. Um, I was having a bit of a play of Beat Saber
1: without the head, without the wires and things, and I had um, a passing thought. Be really fun to play that game like out in a field or something. <laughs> but there's no, not only is there no, um, things to worry about hitting as long as you've got someone with you to be mm. like, watch out for this person, they're f- playing with imaginary lightsabers for a minute. Mm. Um, but also
0: fresh air while you're doing that mm. heckin' heckin' sport. Yeah, because by the time I'd done, I think maybe an hour of, um, oh, what's it called? Balearic pumping. Yep, yep. On fast speed. I basically put it on repeat until I got an A-rank in it. Nice! Which took about an hour and a half. By the time I came out of it, I was just pissing sweat. Yeah. I was like, I'm going for a shower.
1: Yeah. Ah. Of, of every VR game I've ever played, Beat Saber is the one that I work up a fucking sweat doing. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like, yeah. I might just cancel my gym membership <laughs> and keep like, playing Beat Saber. I, I need to load up the... Um, the other one of those games I've got in VR, which uh, I f- believe it's called, like, uh, Audio Shield? Oh, i th- of I that. think it might be. It's one where you have, like, shields in both hands and you have to punch the music. Punch the music. Uh, you basically have to, like, the music is comets coming at you and you have okay. to punch through them. Cool. Also, you know what we have to try with Beat Saber? Because this isn't on PSVR, we can load custom songs into it. <gasps> I, I need to work out how we do it but i'm i i've been told you can load custom songs into the oculus quest version base,
0: nectar bass nectar bass nectar yeah
1: i uh, i am I guarantee if we search bass nectar beat saber there will be some bass nectar tracks base, nectar based i this is the thing I want to do this week I'm gonna work out how to put custom tracks in I want you you know what the first one in my mind was that i wanna i wanna put in mm-hmm. um because it was really funny in Audio Shield, was um the theme tune to One Punch Man. Because yeah. it's just a really badass, like, fucking anime opening of like, ah, oh, I'm going to be amazing, and it, it builds in such a way that it's like it's real cool. How
0: about na 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 na
1: That That was the other... As, as soon as I started saying this will be the first one, I was like, but na-na-na-na-na, though.
0: But what, but what about na-na-na-na? Are you, are you doing a look now to see if you can find some custom... I've got... No, I'm I'm looking stuff. at... um at my Steam library, because I know I've got a couple of VR games. Ooh. Um Intrigue. I think I've got Talus Principle VR.
1: Ooh. Because, yeah, not all VR games are supported on this yet. Like, this has been out, like, a couple of weeks. Like, it was, uh, I believe, in August that it released it. it. It's not been long that the Quest has been out, and um it's still building up its library. But it's got some of the... I think it's already got some of the killer app stuff. It's got... Beat Saber, Superhot, uh, Tilt, Tilt Brush. Brush, which honestly are like the first three things I go to when showing mm. people VR. Yeah. Um, what else have you you played in the virtual space? Oh,
0: I played virtual virtual reality.
1: Oh, I've not tried that yet. Um, I've been told it's got a
0: portal-ish sense of humour to it. Um, That's all I really know about it. I I find it disturbing in a very different way, and yeah. with that in mind, I would love to play a portal game mm-hmm. in VR.
1: Yeah, so the, the idea of this is you're putting on different virtual reality headsets in virtual reality to go do lots of mini things, You are, and there's
0: some kind of unsettling background story. Yeah, you're a, a human who works for, for various AIs. Um, they will challenge you to do various things to entertain them. Ah. Um. And there is this sort of weird story about the fact that you work specifically for this, like, grand AI. I think they're called, like, Chad or something. Okay. Um, it's it's another... You
1: You are the human being toyed around with by the big non-human computery
0: entity. And, and as you sort of go along, you are discovering more about it. That, like, the fact that you have no freedom. But the fact that there is a union of humans okay. trying to get rights for humans. Um... There are various AIs who are more helpful than others. Some that are are very harsh. And then there is this whole unravelling thing. But there is this real dark underbelly to it. Like, I've got to a point at the moment where there's this device that will just pump out different headsets. And depending on what setting you have it on, it will be a headset for something completely different. And some of them are just like... Here's... Uh, a beach. Here's a beach. A couple of trees. Um, some of them might be like, oh, here is a completely white world, but there is a skeleton and a headset sitting next to the skeleton. Perhaps a human just happened to die here in this thing. Um, there's ones that are like just sort of weird underwater places, and then you sort of do the the sort of vaguely super hot thing, except not shooting yourself in the head. You grab the. Um, the, the mask off of your face and go back to the, the previous level that you were on. Except you can't get out of the last one because when you try and pull it off, it goes error admin only. Ah. Huh. Um, and yeah, like as it goes on, it gets more and more like sinister. Yeah. And the way that like sometimes you just have like a headset that will just make a beeline for you and fly straight at your head. Yeah. And sort of put you in a reality and you're like, i'm what what's going on
1: i'm really intrigued to try this it's 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 apparently not very long it's somewhere in the 90 minutes to two hours range okay i'm nearly nearly at that i think yeah apparently but um i'm intrigued it seems fun i'm up for more like i like the idea of you can play them in a single setting in a couple of hours Mm. sort of
0: Experiences,
1: experiences that are you know can be a bit intense, but are sort of mm. intense, interactive experiences. Yeah,
0: I, I found virtual virtual reality. Some some bits of it are really unsettling. Yeah. Um, like there there is a room you go in, like you know those uh like soundproof rooms with yes. all the spiky stuff all over the walls. Yeah. You can pick up this weird red swirly thing. And initially, you're just like it's a weird, weird red swirly thing, and you put it near the walls, and you realise it's sucking everything in. So, like all of oh. the all of the, the triangles on the side of the room start coming towards it, and the red lighting is slightly sinister. There's another mission where you're told you're not big enough, so the AI that hired you sends you back to Chad, and Chad's like, "Okay, I can sort that out." Suddenly, you're like, "Oh, now I'm just stomping around. I'm bigger than, or almost as big as Chad." And then you get sent back into that world and suddenly instead of being just like sat on top of a building going, wow, this place is huge. You're stomping around at building height, <gasps> experiencing the thing. While the, uh, the AI that was the electricity grid for the city is explaining like, here is a beautiful day I experienced where the humans had a parade and this is what happened. Ha! Huh. And, and as you interact with the, the parade, the, the, the AI is telling you sort of more about that day. This sounds fascinating, and I I kind of don't want to know any more about I it. I just want. Uh, to go I into won't it, tell you plot stuff, but it the, the, it is really interesting. And yeah. and yes, I agree with the the sort of portal humor sort of thing, especially the bit when you get to the lift and you're sort of flying past levels, and you're just like, "Hang on, that's very like." Uh, is it the end of portal when you're going up in the lift and there's the the or portal two with the turret opera. Yes, yes. So there is sort of a that sort of style okay. at one point and you're just I, like, that's very vital. I'm excited to see. Mm. Uh, have you played anything else in VR? Uh, that is all of the VR stuff I believe.
1: Ah, I I think that nicely sums up most of my VR experiences That's everything uh, that well, was installed that and we said not to install that's, anything else. That's fair, yeah, because I was just in the middle of sorting some stuff. But <laughs> I, I've watched some VR stuff, but we'll get to sure. that in the next segment when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um I've played a couple of things. Sure. Yeah? Rattle those off nice and quick. <laughs> Uh, let me pull up my list. Actually, I'm going to talk about one thing <laughs> mainly this week, I think. Oh, I I'm going to talk about Astral Chain.
0: You seem to be really enjoying
1: that. Yeah, so, um, Astral Chain is a new game by Platinum, who are the people who made Bayonetta, uh, The Wonderful 101, Nier Automata, um, Metal Gear Rising, um, ba- basically they make very tough character action games, just hmm. sort of a Devil May Cry style the combat system is the big draw. Yeah, it's try and be really fucking stylish and cool with your fighting of difficult enemies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tend to really enjoy their combat systems. Um, They've had this sort of interesting relationship with Nintendo for a little while, where because they they made Bayonetta and it didn't sell well enough to get a sequel, and then Nintendo was like, hey, it's fine, we'll pay you to make a sequel for us. And... Since then, they've been exclusive Nintendo Platinum games every now and then, and they've tended to be new entries, like, new franchises that are a little bit experimental. Mm. Um, the Wonderful 101 was one on the Wii U that hopefully we'll eventually see a uh, a remake of on Switch, where you ran around with a bunch of little Pikmin superheroes, and you could, like... you You could get your hundred-odd superheroes to form, like, a sword, or a gun, or a big fist to do various things by combining themselves... Um, so this is Astral Chain And it's the, the new Platinum game I'm gonna get This out of the way You, In name you play as a cop You're not you're not actually a cop in anything but name. You're a super. You're a interdimensional superhero, basically. Um, I very early on in the game removed. The police? I, yeah, I removed all cop branding from my outfit. And was like, nope, no, not gonna, not gonna think about the fact I'm playing as a cop. And you um, also picked the gayest hair. Oh, I picked the gayest <laughs> hair possible. It's um, so, it's set in a future world. When ninety, maybe ninety-five percent of the planet is uninhabitable, mm-hmm. um, what is left of humanity is living on this thing called the ark. Um, it this plays with a lot of anime tropes, like the uh, oh everyone is dead outside this walled city where we all live now had very sort of uh, Attack on Titan feeling vibes.
0: Mega um, City One from Judge Dredd. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, you. Uh, Basically, there are these interdimensional creatures that are attacking and destroying the planet, um, and some of them are basically invisible, um, and there's not much you can do about that. They're fucking, you know, killing people left, right, and centre. And humanity realises, hey, we have worked out a way to capture some of these interdimensional beings and basically tether them to us and have them work on our side, and when that happens, we can see them and... There's like five people in the whole world that so far have been trained up to to use these things. It's like, right, the five of you, basically the group of Power Rangers, you're going to wield your... Uh, they're kind of like stands from Jojo's, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. You're sort of like, this thing is tethered to me and we sort of fight as one, my sort of invisible companion creature that has all these abilities. Um, it's got a lot of Evangelion vibes going on. There's a lot of... um Yeah, I will just say there's a lot of Evangelion happening, there's a lot of homages to stuff like Kamen Rider, Power Rangers, um... It plays off a bunch of cool anime tropes, Mm. um, but basically... Very early game stuff, you and your five friends that have these big, powerful, uh, you're sort of... They're basically Pokemon, you're sort of, I've got the sword one, and I've got the one that's a big dog, and I've got the one that can punch good in his armour, um go into one of these portals trying to save some civilians, and all of your, your legions, these things you've got chained to you... Uh, once they're back in their world and you're trying to save these civilians, they break free of their chains. And it's very clear they do not fucking like being chained up. They do not like this at all. I mean, that's um, fair. Very quickly, they turn on you and start trying to kill you. I mean, that's uh, fair. You put police branding on them. In- totally fair. <laughs> um, it The character's m- logic very early on is like, it's very clear that this is not a thing that these things enjoy, but also they are massacring us. Like we are being wiped out as a species like very efficiently. Yeah, it's this sort of we feel like we have no choice but to do this thing that feels morally dubious. Um, therefore. Yeah. Um, of the five of you that can wield these things, four of them can't can't recover them. You manage to get yours back, your dad stays in this other dimension to go like, Oh, run, it's fine, you go save the world. And you basically become a Pokemon trainer trying to collect up these various spirits to use to stop the planet getting completely eradicated. Mm. Um
0: it is stylish as all hell. Um It's definitely got that sort of like Devil May Cry type yeah. fighting system with yeah. the you know like triple S rank and
1: Yeah, it's it's the it it seems very basic from the start. Like I would describe the combat from the beginning as being very much like something probably most akin to Xenoblade 2 when you start off. Mm-hmm. You've got your weapon that is tethered to you that will auto-attack when it's nearby, and you've got your attacks that you do manually. Um, There's a lot of growth and room to diverge in there, because by the end, you've got five different beasts you can be controlling. Each has upgrade trees. Each has passive abilities that you can select to equip to it. You can give it extra moves that you trigger with specific buttons. Mm. Um... On top of that you can do things like, uh, you can move your your legion around an enemy to tie them to the ground for a few seconds, uh, you can walk to where they are or pull them back to you, you can sort of fire them at people to do attacks. Each of them has a special attack, so one does a bow and arrow, one can do a sort of slice across multiple enemies. Um, the more I dig into this game, the more it's like, oh no, and you can do this, and you can do this. Uh, There's things like, if you summon them just as an attack's about to hit you, it'll do a parry. Um, There's a lot of depth to its combat system, and Mm. it's super flashy. And, like, as much as I've been loving playing it, I've also been watching a lot of Let's Plays of people play it, because I feel like there's so much on my first playthrough I've not twigged, and I've watched other people and gone, ooh, didn't realise I could do that. Like, Mm. There's a lot of stuff going on that, like... My, my big complaint is that the game does not do a good job of explaining its own mechanics. Mm. Um, but that's also kind of fun, because it has led to a lot of... oh, I can... I thought... Cooperative like I, I learning yeah, with other people. Yeah, it's, it's been really fun going through this for the first time as everyone else is, is learning all this, oh. too. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the levels that's clearly not designed to be picked up the first time round. Like, you will see a lot of, like you need this Legion to go through here and mm. you don't have it. Um,
0: yes. Maybe Perhaps metroidvania Yeah, Yeah,
1: it, it's doing the thing that a lot of Platinum games do where they, they expect you to play it multiple times, oh. where they're like, hey, we want you to come back and do this on harder difficulty once you have everything unlocked, you have the full move set, you know, once you're a bit more competent. Usually they don't I can't think of another Platinum game that has this explicitly dropped breadcrumbs cl- all along the way to go, hey, when you replay this, there's content over there, there's content over there, there's oh. content over there, that drops you a lot of reasons to come back and do that second playthrough, oh, yeah. which I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, Platinum games are usually fairly short, um, usually in the sort of 8 to 10 hours range for a
0: playthrough. So which, much speed that.
1: Yeah. This is a lot longer like i've heard i don't know if this is accurate but i've heard people throwing around the 30 hours mark nice. um and i think a lot of that pacing is that it's not as explicitly just combat and nothing else as a lot of platinum games uh-huh. um there are a lot of segments that are things like detective work and open world sections where you can go and find side quests to do um for example there was one where we were trying to track down this uh this woman, who was a, a target that we were ch- we were following, and there was a huge big plaza, and there was like 15 or something various clues we could go find that would help with the detective mission. Mm. But along the way there, there was things like um, this person mugged someone and hid in the crowd, and we have a vague description of them. Mm. Can you work out which of these very similar-looking people is the person Where's who Molly? mugged someone? Um... It, you can do there's little side activities like just go pick up trash and put it in the garbage. You're picking up an awful lot of trash. oh uh, you caught me at the moment where I was picking up a lot of trash. <laughs> I was that was my side activity at the time, and like stuff like that shouldn't be fun, but they do enough like going and doing things like I I'm technically a cop. I went and cleared up some trash I saw. Gets you like upgrade points to upgrade your super cool mech alien. I'm like. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll... It's the new recycling program, you know. Yeah, I I feel good for having cleaned up this fictional town. You have cleaned up this city. have <laughs> cleaned up this
0: That's not what yeah. they meant.
1: Yeah, when they, when they were like, you're a cop, clean up this city, it's like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of all the trash now. <laughs> um, I'm we...
0: gonna recycle. Yeah, there's,
1: there's a lot of... Considering this is the first Platinum game I'm aware of that's run at 30 frames a second, it mm. feels really smooth. Like, it doesn't feel like it's lost anything by the, the cut to 30 FPS. It's... Mm. Really solidly locked at 30 with no dips, either in handheld or um, docked, which is really important for a Platinum game. But, yeah, I am, like, I am still chugging my way through this story and consistently is doing stuff that is making me... Making, my inner big anime nerd get very excited and have a very good time. Mm. Um, Like... After the first mission, they played a fucking like anime opening with like flashes of who the characters were and like a song about how someone's gonna be a savior, and it's like doing all it lots f- of heavy metal it, guitars. It feels like watching a fucking anime. No, nice. uh, the soundtrack's
0: really good as well. Yeah, the, the soundtrack that I've heard so far sounds really good. I also like the art style. That sort yeah. of like heavy neons. Was Le- it was it like Digital Devil Saga? Yeah, that sort of art it's, style. It's a little bit with a bit cel yeah. yeah, it's.
1: The, I really like their their layers of um the the types of future tech they've got are the kind that I really dig things like um they've got a helicopter that uh, instead of blades it's got a circle and then it just sort of glows neon yeah. blue and that somehow makes it float and I'm like it's a Dyson airblade it's kind of like a Dyson <laughs> airblade helicopter and it's kind of cool <laughs> um but yeah like I I the biggest compliment i can give this game i think is its opening mission that lasts maybe like an hour or so it's like up until the the anime credits have happened is unrelentingly good at setting its tone and pacing and like that that not only sold me on why i was going to enjoy this game but it didn't miss it like it mm. wasn't we've done all the cool shit in the first hour um also platinum games like Escalate really dramatically by the end, and considering where this one has started, I don't, I don't think I can imagine where this is going to end up. So, we
0: shall see.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to get further into it. It's, it has been a real fun experience.
0: Um,
1: the only other thing I want to talk about having played is I played more Yu-Gi-Oh this week because I'm continuing to push my way through uh, making various decks and things. Uh, And I want to say thank you to uh, uh, Leah and Tabby who sent me some physical Yu-Gi-Oh cards this week, because we were talking about last week the, hey, those decks in the, the video game. Uh, oh, great right. a little bit random. Not not so great. Uh, they mm, don't really blue work, work on Dragons. games. That's a blue-wise-white dragon. There's, I know one of them There's three of them of oh, different heck. arts. Some of them are uh, shiny. Yeah. So, for example, um, I've been sent this deck, and this has been the sort of theme I've been trying to do in the video game this week, mm-hmm. which is putting together decks that all build towards a central goal. Yeah. So, like for this deck at the top of the cards that I was I was sent, uh, you've got Blue Eyes is the core thing you're trying to summon. But they're all shiny. Ah, uh, they're all shiny. Heck. You've got these monsters that just they have two thousand defense. That's just a nice. good bog standard thing and when it's you only draw one star, it. So good to yeah. go. out. Uh four star, two thousand attack. Oh, so again, if you draw it, it's always a useful thing. You don't oh, have to dumb. get anything to get it out. These are all cards that help you get blue eyes. they those get you blue eyes, these There's get you blue of eyes. In here.
0: Yeah, these are all one star. I feel like this is a very expensive deck. <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm very thankful for it having been sent. I do not know how much it, it is it cost. Um yeah, these are all like one-star things that will help you get blue eyes. Uh-huh. So they can always go out. You're not waiting to get them out. They get uh-huh. your blue eyes. Um, this helps you get. A lot of these are just cards that help you get blue eyes. Cards yeah. that once you've got blue eyes, let it do things. More things that so let your blue matter eyes what do you stuff. Draw,
0: despite the fact that you can only have so many of a certain card in your hand. Yeah, and Whether then you draw is going to help towards something. exactly.
1: And then all the traps are just general, useful all the time ones like. If someone attacks you, destroy all their attack position monsters. That's that makes... a good thing for resetting the field yep, yep, back yep, yep. to the start. That helps you get that trap so I've, that you can yeah, clear I've everything definitely out. Have you seen that
0: one in, uh, in, the, yeah. in the game?
1: That one does big damage to the enemy if they attack you. Mm-hmm. Just good all purpose traps. Um, like, that's, that's the kind of thing I've
0: been trying to do. So, Exodia.
1: Yeah. Uh, Exodia, yeah. There's. Uh,
0: Way back here.
1: Yep. Somewhere in there, there's a dark magician, oh, dark magician. some dark magic, fancy dark magician art. I've mm. never seen that dark magician girl art before. It's really cute.
0: It's very cute.
1: Um, but yeah, so I basically mm. the, these physical cards, I I'm excited to have a mess around yeah, with I'm excited. because they're basically what I've been trying to do in in that Switch game, uh, yeah. Legacy of the Duelist, is yes. trying to make some decks that work towards like. Whatever I draw will get me towards my end goal. Yeah,
0: I feel like we should sleeve those. Yes, I'm.
1: I'm going to do that soon. They are currently just in the box, but um, yeah, I believe there's the basis of about three different decks in there. So yes. at some point, we'll sit down and sleeve some.
0: I'm very hyped to play a a
1: quote a, a, a unquote a, a proper game, proper game of Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'll. <laughs> we'll go through one of them you can pick which one you want to use and then we will explain like here's how all the things work well, i feel like i've mm. got a pretty good idea of how the things are yeah, playing the game exactly um have you played anything else this week uh, no that's basically uh, i played some control i'm not far enough into it to talk about it in depth so i'll leave that till next week so. it's nicely
0: surreal though
1: uh it's it's giving me them good i i like i like alan wake vibes it's, it's not like alan wake <laughs> i like alan wake and i'm enjoying this okay. uh but we'll get into that in-depth next week, so... I'm interested. Until, uh, I was going to say, until next time. Uh Now then, <laughs> time, time for this. this. Do you have trouble remembering to do things at set times every day? Uh-huh. Do you keep hitting snooze on your easy-to-ignore alarm? Sure. Try new cat alert. Ooh. By feeding your cats at the moment that you need to do the thing every day, in the place that you need to do that thing... You will no longer be able to ignore your daily
0: obligation. What if I have to get up a different time of day?
1: Unfortunately, you cannot set cat alarm to do different times, different days. They will only work at set times. However, if you wish to get up at 8 a.m. every day, without fail, this cat will, you know, they will not let you sleep past 8 a.m. They will shout, they will scream, they will tunnel under doors, they will scream reel at you, they will scratch until they get what they want.
0: Well, they sure are cute and fuzzy, so I guess it's okay. That's new cattle arm. I love you, cattle arm, you little fuzzy critter. Well, I must say, after our little uh, embarrassment in Spain, uh, thinking the... we'd find some sort of region full of sherry. Oh, but, yes, uh, this didn't work, but uh, I'm glad we, we decided to stop off in France on the way home. Well, again, I'm not
1: sure that we've necessarily ended up where we want to be. Well, I've heard people talking about more sherry. Yeah, more sherry, more sherry. More sherry, they say. And and, uh, the problem is, is I keep saying to the waiter, more sherry, more sherry. And he's not bringing me more sherry. No, but he did keep winking at me. Oh, indeed. He seemed... Very pleased. Very pleased by by my statement. Yes, but I want more sherry. Yes, more sherry. More sherry. More sherry. See, every time we say more <laughs> sherry, more sherry, he comes
0: over. It does, and he so sort of doesn't looks bring like us any champagne. He looks, he looks very expectant. It does, but he doesn't bring us any champagne or, or sherry well, or port. I was say, why would he bring us
1: sherry? Why would he bring us champagne? We're asking for sherry. He's not bringing us any form of alcohol at all. No, it's very more disturbing. sherry, more sherry. Oh, oh! Someone's just someone's just told me. Yes, let's try this one. One moment, more sherry, mon cherry.
0: Oh, there we go! Language barrier, language barrier. Language language barrier, barrier oh goodness! So then, what have you put in your eyes? Uh,
1: not much really, because the
0: no, same. Uh,
1: I put. Uh, there's a thing I've kind of got in my watched list, but I guess we're putting in the listened list. I don't know which one. It's um, more audible. It's. I don't know. I was up the front, so it was watched, sort of, for me. But um. Wait, the the only other thing I've watched, I watched, uh, I started watching a YouTube channel. I've got quite into this same. week. Um I've gotten quite into the YouTube channel Legal Eagle Ooh. this week. Uh, it's one of those ones that just keeps getting recommended to me, and I thought I'll give it a go. Um, the whole point of this YouTube channel is it is a real world lawyer, basically doing a lot of. Um, breakdowns of legal scenes in media so okay. he'll do a lot of like uh here's an episode of a tv show that includes a big uh, trial scene, scene yeah. we'll talk about like we'll, well we'll talk about just what they've oversimplified where they've sort of represented things accurately where they've like i oh, no, can't do it that way mm-hmm. um it's been very interesting as well as very amusing. And is this UK um, law
0: or US? Uh, or? This uh,
1: this guy practices law in America. I believe okay. in LA. Okay, um, so it's specifically to that state. So, yes, like so LA law. It's he he talks like here is my understanding of law, but he'll also like he will often refer to like. He, like, this is the case in this place and this is the case yeah. in other places. I know Austin talks about that kind of thing yeah. sometimes
0: when he, he picks up on law stuff. Yeah,
1: he will he will talk about it from his perspective, but a lot of it is applicable, like, more broadly. Oh. But, um... Yeah, it, it's a really interesting and just fun little YouTube channel. Um, I, I was watching one today where he was talking about the episode of The Simpsons where there was a court case over Itchy and Scratchy. Um... And I forgot how much I loved a stupid fucking legal joke in that episode that has been stuck in my head all week now. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, Lionel Hutz, the terrible, uh, attorney in that show, has a business card that says, um, uh, it says, contingency, no money down. Which basically means, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work on, on the understanding I'll get paid from the other side's costs afterwards. You don't have to pay me any money up front. And then when they go in, it's like, oh no, I need a thousand dollars. It's like, Your business card says contingency, no money down. And he starts putting um commas, commas and things in it, and it's like, Contingency? No, money down. <laughs> it's just such a stupid fucking joke. Mm-hmm. It has been stuck in my head all week. Punctuation, um, it makes all the difference. Punctuation makes all the difference. Um but yeah, it will go through stuff like um uh, he was reviewing some episodes of uh, Harvey Birdman, at- Attorney at Law, and uh, uh, the Ace Attorney games, for example, oh. and it it's an amusing YouTube channel I've been having some
0: fun with. Nice. Uh, what about you? What have you been well, watching? the YouTube channel that I've been watching is called Shut Up and Sit Down. Oh, I've been watching some of that, actually. Oh, heck. Oh, heck. It's been really weird, because I had a Facebook memory from about eight years ago turn up recently that mentioned Matt Lee's. And Matt Lees is on that channel. Yep, yeah, he is. Like, uh, I, well, this is a weird happenstance. Did yeah. Google just hear me mentioning Matt Lees and is now suggesting you like board games and you've recently mentioned that, that, that person? Yeah. How about some board game channel about reviews and, um, like, uh, there was like panel stuff from, yeah. um, like board game convention stuff about how they make certain types of games? I've watched some of that. They've got a podcast on there as well. Ooh. They've got a good few years worth of content so it's been interesting to sort of go and what did you think about this game? Yeah. We fundamentally disagree or I fundamentally disagree with that channel over the game Scythe because I yeah. loved playing Scythe. Yeah, Scythe is a lot of fun. <laughs> Their reviewer did not have
1: a good time. No. <laughs> well, that's it. So, yeah, can't, I can't account for anyone else's experience with no an interactive did. piece of art.
0: Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's nice to sort of get more board gamey stuff. I've also been watching Dicebreaker which recently launched. Yes, I've been watching some um, of that this week. That's, that's Johnny Kevini. Uh you
1: may thing. know him as the DM for the Ox Ventures uh, yes. D&D games. Big fan of the Ox Ventures.
0: Yeah. Um, he 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 now do a, a a YouTube channel about D&D. Yes, with wheels. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I like I'm I mean I'm very I'm, I think it's getting colder and I'm like I can feel the board games coming. <laughs> They're on their way. Well, that and the fact that there are board games literally coming. Yeah. Like, I keep getting updates about Streets of Steel, which went quiet for a little while. Very excited for that. I've mentioned before that War of the Worlds is due middle of this month. Yeah. Possibly yep. in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for lots of the Kickstarter board games that are going to start to roll in. That I was buying a, a, a year, 18 months ago. I'm very hype. So, yeah. Lots of board gamey stuff. Prepare to hear more about board games on this. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So yeah. Uh, there's there's one thing we haven't watched this week that I think is a notable mention because yes, it, okay, it's come out, but we haven't had a chance to watch it before recording. Yes, and
0: uh, also I think it's good to give people like a a week off where yeah. like. E- as subtle as we might be, someone might go, but you spoiled a thing. Yeah.
1: So, we're not going to talk this week about Steven Universe of the movie, but we are, w- are aware that it is out. Yes. And... Uh, probably tomorrow maybe we're gonna we're, the day after we record this maybe we're gonna yeah. watch it so Wednesday
0: we will have watched it yeah
1: so we, when you hear this we probably will have seen it don't worry we are gonna talk about it at some point don't worry that we're not talking about Steven Universe the movie yet but uh, that is on our to watch list
0: indeed
1: I think that's it for me I think so <gasps> well then
0: Ooh. time for this yeah <laughs> A new sponsor who's our new sponsor are you a millennial y- yes do you struggle to afford things yeah how would you like a special loot crate style thing where you get 62 meals delivered to you every month
1: that sounds expensive 62 meals is a lot of meals and these meal prep services are usually like 10
0: quid a, a meal that's where you're wrong <gasps> This is ramen crate. <gasps> they will deliver you sixty-two cakes, I guess. Blocks. I'm not sure. What Packs. You... Packs of ramen. That means you can eat ramen sixty-two times in a month. Goodness! Which if I which means for the short months you've got some left over, and yeah. for the long months you've got enough. I've got two meals a day out of that. I might even get a breakfast at some point. Goodness! <laughs> yeah.
1: My, my word, and like, how, how many flavors are there? Am I just gonna be eating chicken twice a, chicken ramen twice a day for a month? Cause that's... What I'm expecting.
0: There are 72 different flavours. <gasps> which means you might not even get all of the flavours in one month. Well, you definitely won't
1: get all the flavours in one month because there's more flavours than there are packs in a month. It depends. There might be a multi-flavoured one. Goodness, I didn't know that was even an option.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So if you want to get the, the premium ramen pack, head on over to ramencrate.com <gasps> Get yourself 5%. Of the first three months. Goodness! So not only are you getting 62 meals, you're saving 5% over the first three months. Which is
1: my only quibble. You mm-hmm. said the word premium, that sounds expensive. Is it's, it's not expensive, Robin, is it? No,
0: it's not expensive. Ramen. Okay, okay. They know their audience. They know
1: their audience, but they said premium, and
0: I'm, I'm worried it was going to be expensive. Well, there are people talking about paying up front for the year, oh. so that when Brexit happens, you've got all of that good, good food that you're going to have basically stockpiled. Ah. Oh. A survival plan for Brexit that I can actually afford, right? So head on over to ramencrate.lol.net and enter the special promo code QNPS82 we're Octogenarians. Oh, wow! And, uh, and you can get some, some good good discounts on those first three months. That's five whole percentages off. <sighs> ramencrate.lol.net. Try it today. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi.
1: Hi. hi. How, how's, uh, the, uh, intern flogging been going today for ya? I mean, uh,
0: I've actually hired someone to do some of that for me.
1: Hired them? I hope by hired you mean picked an unpaid intern to flog the unpaid interns.
0: I mean, this is, uh, this is a, a, a school friend. His son is looking for some work experience, so, uh kind of an intern, I guess, but they get to say they work for, uh, oh, for a big yeah. company. Okay. As, a, as long, as, an as, long as we're not so actually paying. them. Well, no, not. no. And, and I've got like a whole live feed just here on my laptop so I can watch anytime I want. Yeah. And, uh, this kid is pretty good. So uh-huh. I, I think this kid's gonna go places. So
1: I've got I've got a I don't know if it's a problem. Yeah, it's a I had my schedule laid out for today's meeting. You know, sure. I, So I you know I I have been brainstorming all morning. Yeah, new ways that we can uh, hide our gambling mechanics in our games because you know uh-huh. we want to put gambling mechanics in the game. We don't yeah. get in trouble. You know, yeah. there's there's things like Peggy ratings that say that you know we're supposed to disclose this stuff up front. Yeah. And you know, I sort of realized something on the way to the meeting.
0: Yeah, that's There's... not really a problem anymore, is it?
1: No, no, we don't really need to
0: hide them because, like, look, we know that we don't need to hide them from Peggy because we got that whole Peggy three rating on that thing that has like literal like a uh, slot machine. Yeah, in yeah, there yeah. Or... We,
1: got th- we got that. We got that. That we had that game that didn't have you know didn't have gambling and loot boxes up front, and we put them in, and you know, Peggy was real slow to actually like update the boxes, and you know, we didn't get a fine or nothing, but like. No. Yeah, that there's that trailer we put out where it's like these slot these loot boxes are literally slot machines. Yeah, and, no one, like, has, and no one has no one has stopped us. No, like I put that out as a joke. Like when I sent that to marketing, I was like, if we put this out, you know, like you know, the worst case scenario, you know, we we say, oh, it's fine, we understand, you know, we'll just do regular loot boxes. It looks like we've compromised, yeah. you know. But we tested the water, and, uh... Yeah, apparently that shit is just fine. Yeah, you know, we we, we tried popping them in the boiling hot water, it's like, oh, they just don't care. Yeah. I don't care if they're boiling alive. Yeah. That's... So, like, I don't know what I do with my morning now.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, it basically seems like the whole thing is unregulated now. Like, so, uh... Like, do we even try to hide it? I mean, why would we? I mean, if that game is okay for three-year-olds... We have the fucking market. We well, can conquer everything. I I just...
1: I don't know what to do with my day if I'm not finding ways to hide loot boxes and stuff.
0: Well, like that's we'll just have to find new and interesting ways to be horribly underhanded and exploitative.
1: Ah, uh, hmm. Power the game with your blood. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what in your? Oh, should we should we t- talk about the thing? I wasn't sure what segment. Let's do to put the big in. thing
0: that's in this section. We
1: went we went to a gig with some live music. We went to see some live music in London. Ooh. We went to a gig that was uh, three, bands, three bands: Mabina Galore, oh, very good, uh, Frank Iero, and Laura Jane
0: Grace. Really uh, should we start with Mobina Galore? No, they're really good. Yeah, I was sad that the audience was not really getting into that. It seemed
1: it's it's the problem you always have with three act uh, three act gigs is usually the opening act will have a little bit of a difficult time getting the audience up and moving, which is a real shame because Mobina Galore are great. Yeah, it is a two person female um, punk band there is one person on drums one electric guitar and two people like lead and backup vocals. they they are they are the lead and backup vocals it's like the white stripes but
0: punk and good yeah like i am
1: consistently impressed with the range of sounds that Mabina galore manages with a single percussion and a single melody mm-hmm. instrument um there's some very talented punk
0: yeah, they are. artists. Although the idea of angry punk Canadians really feels like an oxymoron, <laughs> I know, and I'm pretty sure they mentioned that at some point <laughs> in between tracks. I think they talked
1: about like, yeah, I know, I know, angry punk Canadians. But uh, um, they,
0: I, I know they mentioned that they were King Canadian because they did a uh, 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 Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah, was so they did a track about Vancouver. It's, it's a V word. It's not Vermont. <laughs> no, it, it, I believe it's it was Vancouver. Vancouver, but um.
1: Yeah, I've been a big fan of them for a while. Like I mm. keep seeing them pop up as support acts at various shows. Mm. Um, like they support—they were the opening act for uh, Against Me when they came around mm-hmm. uh, when I saw them in the Camden uh, in Camden a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they might have been an opening act for My Chemical Romance one of the times they were cool. around. Like, they're, they're, they are a very solid opening
0: act. So a good tie to the other two acts we saw that Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it's a real shame
0: that that, like, I'm pretty sure I was the only person up and having a good jump and... Uh, I, I, I was standing much further back than the yeah. and... In all of my peripheral vision, you're the only one that was even attempting to dance to Yeah, it, it maybe helps that I've seen them before
1: and enjoyed them enough to go and listen to their music, like, mm. elsewhere. So when they were playing, I was like, I know these fucking songs, I have these on my Spotify, I do a listen to them. Oh, very I good. can sing along with you. <laughs> um, track recommendations, if you want to check them out, um... Uh, not twenty three anymore is uh, is the one they opened their set with because it is the one that like lots of people know and like. It's a good one to get a feel for their music. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you, did you you do an enjoy of them? Did I you did
0: very much an enjoy of them? I would definitely listen to them again.
1: Yeah, I will. I'll send you some track uh, recommendations of pump, theirs. Pump, pump. Um, we then saw Frank Aero, who uh, used to be of My Chemical Romance uh-huh. and is now doing his solo stuff. Um. Oh, my gosh. Crowd was a bit intense on this one. Yeah,
0: they're, they're, they're a bit more lively.
1: <laughs> yeah, so here's, here's what I'll say about about this. I've seen Frank Iroh headline rooms bigger than this, mm-hmm. um, and he's got a very dedicated audience. Um, I, I I think there was like there was a very noticeable when he finished playing exodus of people who were like no I was here for Frank.
0: Yeah, that like, was weird.
1: That's always weird. Like I'm I'm like you've paid for a night of music like, that, all of the bands
0: are probably going to be in genres you've enjoyed. Just stick around for the last one and see if you like them. Yeah, I mean, I realise it's already half nine and perhaps some of you have got places to get home to, but... Not in those numbers. Like, that's 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 poor gig etiquette to have y- yeah. that
1: many people exit before the, uh, the headliner. It but... felt
0: very much like the comedy nights where, like, one person brings a ton of people and they all fuck off at the halfway point Yeah, you put them on too early. Yes, it's... It's it's a weird thing when you see that and like um
1: obviously Frank Hero is a is a heavier, like a, a more sort of angry sound. Yes. Um I very much enjoy his stuff, but it do- it it was it was a lot of very overexcited people in that, that crowd and lots I lots of moshing.
0: Yeah, lots of motion. Luckily you were out of the pit. But yeah. I like I could sort of observe it from where I was. It was like that nah, looks like a lot of physical interaction that yeah. I couldn't handle but personally.
1: Did you enjoy the music? <laughs> um,
0: less so. That's it's less my genre. Like, fair. I think if I was still me at twenty, yeah, I would have absolutely loved it and gone nuts for it. Yeah, but I think these days I've got a bit more sedate and less angry. That's fair. Like, I'm I'm not
1: necessarily angry along with the tracks, but I I can still. I can appreciate that he's doing anger very well. Oh, um, oh yeah, definitely, and like, like in a very I, controlled and melodic way. Like, absolutely. I like. I can.
0: I can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. it's not for me. I. That's fine. Yeah. It I. I have to
1: be. I enjoy <laughs> the energy of Frankiero in that, like, as much as I don't want to be in that pit, I oh, yeah. enjoy knowing that it's there and oh, feeling absolutely. like. For for someone like me, like I am a big. Get, get front and centre beat in that crowd, um, lock my position in on the barrier and be like, I just want to feel that there's people having a good time around me while I watch good music happen.
0: And I am someone who likes to be sort of standing just behind that initial front crush of everyone who yeah. wants to be as close as possible. <laughs> yeah. And just sort of Quietly observing and yeah. having a bit of space—that's totally fair. We, I, I, like that we enjoy music in uh, yeah. live music in different
1: ways. Yeah, we get
0: to do the thing together. I very much, en- I
1: very much appreciated you passing water forward to me when I couldn't escape.
0: Well, that's perfectly all right. I <laughs> wanted to make sure that you got to keep the space you were happy with Indeed. and got to stay well, hydrated.
1: Uh, yeah. Even if I did have my bottle of water kicked out of my hand by a crowd surfer, it was
0: one of the one of the very few crowd surfers that came over that was side crowd of the crowd. surfing into the right, it was i was watching like one person go over about four or five times yeah um goodness
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was the the act where uh it i it that was the act where i was having to most fiercely guard my position on the barrier because i was having to do that thing that you have to do when you're a you're a woman at a rock show which is there will be that one man who who shows up off like doesn't get turn up early Shows up, like, you know, maybe after the first support band is finished and goes, oh the band I like is on, I'm going to get on the front barrier now. And tries to wedge his way up the front, usually at the expense of a woman. Mm. Um, so I was very much, I do want to do my good lock-in position, but... Uh,
0: using all your derby skills. Oh,
1: using all my derby skills to, you know, don't create an opening for him, don't <laughs> let him get his hips in, don't let him get that arm past you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Yeah, I very much enjoyed that. That yeah, was good. Uh and then we had Laura Jane Grace. Yes. Um, and the Devouring Mothers. Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers. So um this they didn't on this set play any um Against Me music. They no. did uh the This is basically the singer and drummer from Against Me and their one of their touring uh, like album guitarists doing a little solo thing together. And they basically played their album start to finish, which as someone who's been listening to that album for the last couple of weeks very excitedly, I really enjoyed. It's it nice
0: to hear the live version thereof. Yeah. Nice. Um I
1: really liked and like most so for like after the some of the Franco people had gone, but um it was a very femme and trans and non-binary
0: audience, which yes. is just real pleasant for a punk event. Uh, getting into that venue, I have I have been in less queer Cues at Pride, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it was it... brilliant. Lots of like gothy emo types, lots is... of bright, colourful hair, lots of cool it... band t-shirts. It the... I was very ready for that.
1: I... It's the, f- the, it's the same feeling I had when I went to that Camden Against Me show. It yeah. is the safest I mm-hmm. have and most welcome I have felt at a punk event, like fucking
0: ever. Oh, that's like, definitely one thing also, like about the mosh pit. Like people were getting really lively, but the second anyone hit the floor, everyone was like, "Stop! Yeah. Pick that person up. Are you okay?"
1: Well, I I think that's something that um, both Franco Nero and Laura Jane Grace have really nicely cultivated because having seen them both play live before. They, in previous tours, have made really big deals at every venue they go to of being like, if someone falls in the pit, you fucking help them up. Like, they have made that a thing that their audience are very aware of, is it is not cool to hit someone when they're down. Like, fucking help them up, make sure they're okay, don't do any actual harm to Mm. them, this is all meant to be fun. Yeah. And I think that really shows. Yeah. But, oh, it's it's nice to be at a punk night where it's not just sweaty cis men everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to feel like oh oh I feel safe I didn't even and I feel threatened com- by any of yeah.
0: th- the cis men. I saw, exactly, so.
1: it's just it was just friendly and colourful
0: and nice. Yeah, it was a very pleasant venue to be in. But um, also I was wearing my anxious required space space lanyard, and oh. it was rather nice as I was coming in. One of the um, security guards sort of tapped me on the shoulder. Which was a bit of a jump, because I wasn't (laughs) quite ready for anyone to make physical contact. And he's like, I've just seen your your lanyard thing. Um, Just, if if anything happens in there, just grab any of the security guards and we'll help you out. Yeah. Which I thought was
1: really sweet. I know, right? It was just, it was a really pleasant night. Like, if those three bands were to tour again, like, a year from now, I'd be like, yeah, I'll fucking go again. That that was a fun night. Mm -hmm. Um... I really fucking lucked out as well because I I'd not made it front and center barrier. I was uh-huh. you know, a little off to the left,
0: fucking right in front of where Laura Jane Grace's uh, mic was all night. It was really. I've got a really nice picture, and it looks like Laura Jane Grace is deliberately singing to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my sh- like, Oh shit! What up? Um, it was.
1: As so, like I haven't been for a good music night in a while. Mm-hmm. It's really reminded me I need to go out and see more good oh, live music. that's why I was so encouraging
0: of the idea yeah. at all. Like, just go, do the thing. I need
1: to do that thing. Like, I think yeah, the know. next time I'm going to see some live music, I'm going to go see Ninja Sex Party in oh, yeah. November, mm-hmm. which should be really cool, so... Yeah, I'm very excited to go see some music
0: again. Oh. Uh, have you listened to anything else this week? Um, well, we listened to some other things together because we went to a house party. Oh, we went to a house party! A house party with like nine professional DJs at. <laughs> yeah, we we know how to find a good house party. Well, it helps if, if it's a house party organised by a DJ. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, we we may have talked about this house party <laughs> previously. Yeah. Uh we know a DJ whose parents are like, Yeah, we have a huge garden and we're happy for you to have all your friends for a party. Yeah. Um and it was
0: real nice. It was really nice. They had like um like a really long gazebo they'd set up with another gazebo on one end that they put in as the DJ booth. Yeah. And a little bell tent set up. I think there must have been like nearly a hundred of us. It was quite the thing. It I mean it was weird because we were all sort of scattered around, there was like obviously people there's always somebody hanging out in the kitchen. There were people hanging out at the top of the garden. People hanging out sort of like um, just on the grass. There were people hanging out like in the tent at the bottom of the garden. Yeah. People sitting around the fire. And then like me, most of the night dancing in the tent. Yeah. Um, um,
1: sh- so, so who who did we see doing, uh, doing the music? I
0: couldn't tell you everyone but we started the evening with uh, Ma Ye. He yeah. does uh, like sort of melodic um a progressive trance yeah so that was sort of a quite nice set because i've not really heard progressive trance played out in a while yeah. most of the places we go to play uh like psy trance or mm. just trance uh or even tech trance in some cases so it was quite nice to just have like a you know what let's have some weird noises and and a consistent beat that's just interesting and curious and a little bit grimy. Yeah, it was real nice, wasn't it? <laughs> it was really, really nice. There was a couple of DJs after that. Then we got uh, DJ Jungle Chris on. Oh, we yes. We did like a a real dirty, Mo- mostly set. grimy jungle set.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a proper dirty set. It was dirty,
0: dirty toads. <laughs> uh, who did we have after that? Oh, we had DJ Ryan C.
1: Oh yeah, did, yeah.
0: Um that was more sort of psychedelic trance and then on after that was Spinny Laney, who we saw at that festival. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about them previously. They they do they do music with flute over it. Ah, yeah, she plays progressive uh she plays side trance and plays live flute over the top of it. Yeah. It
1: was quite a thing to have someone playing live flute in with in with the people dancing. Like everyone's dancing and she's in the middle of the dancing playing her flute.
0: Yeah, because she realised she was struggling to hear because the, all the speakers were pointing yeah, straight there, out. Yeah, there weren't so monitors just, set up. No, so she just spanned the laptop round, came out and stood in, in the bit with us and played flute while listening to it the music, was, It was a beautiful sight. Periodically turning around to mix. It was yeah. brilliant. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that that was really fun We got to listen to a lot of really good music And had a lovely time with our friends Lovely Yeah, it's one of the few parties I can go to Without feeling anxious for days it, beforehand It was a
1: really nice thing about This week's excursions out the house Is it was Just some really nice Some really nice safe places to go and do a oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, to varying degrees But like For for a, for a punk gig and a, a house party that was like a very safe, gi- a very safe punk gig and a very safe house party. I,
0: I was doing a lot of overwhelming at the punk gig. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm aware that Franco Hero got a bit much, but yeah, um, it was all a bit much, yeah. like start to finish. That's... Like
0: there was moments when I was really struggling to be there don't know, at all. I don't know, but um, yeah, like it was a good night out. But like this was like. The one, I, the few events yeah. that I can go out to is just like I'm not thinking about it at all before I go. I'm just gonna pick an outfit and I'm gonna go I, and I'm gonna hang out with lots of people I know and even the people I don't know, I know they're gonna be fine yeah. because they're with this love. yeah, exactly. It's the kind of like I can
1: one hundred percent trust that everyone at this party is gonna be lovely exactly, yeah.
0: Is that everything you've listened that to? Is everything we've listened to. Well,
1: uh, I've, got, I've got a few other things I've listened to. Oh I'm going to try and rattle through them quickly, because I did that thing where I went, Spotify, I've not listened to new music in a while. What the heck? Give me some tracks. Uh, so I listened to Blood and Bones by the Blake Robinson Synthetic Orchestra, oh. which is a really fun, upbeat, bouncy, sort of fun-sounding track. Um, it's almost got like a jazz pop kind of sound. Um about someone who has no friends and sort of jokingly suggests they're going to try and befriend serial killers via pen pal letters. Oh. Um this week Spotify seemed to really think that I wanted horror-themed music, like horror narratives in music. Okay. Cuz it also recommended to me What's a Devil to Do by Harley Poe, which their their band is is described as acoustic punk uh, acoustic horror punk. Okay. Um So, no clue why I'm getting all these recommendations, but it was a sort of track about, like, an on on the surface, the lyrics are about this Antichrist-type character It was making me think a lot about Good Omens, but, um, someone who is born to literally be, literally born to be evil, um, uh, wrestling around with that a bit, but a little less literally seemed to, to be about doing stuff that's forbidden, but not necessarily immoral, and um, knowing that there will be consequences for harmless indiscretions, um, lots of talk about, hey, there are rules that exist, and we're told that we're evil for breaking them, but, you know, uh, even though they hurt no one, whereas there are actual acts of evil that, you know, are orchestrated by people that are, you know, they're not against the rules, so they're fine. Um, It was an interesting little track. Um, there was a track called Carl Sagan's Smoking Chair mm-hmm. um, by Levi the Poet. I believe I've talked about Levi the Poet before. They do a lot of um, spoken word poetry and storytelling over music. Um, there was an album of theirs I talked about a little while ago that was um, lots of sort of uh, Moby Dick imagery and uh, talk of adventures and things like that. Um this one has more of a sort of calm, almost psychedelic rock backing track under this spoken word poetry. Um, has a very similar, like, slightly mesmeric pacing to the way he tells his poetry. Uh, lots of talk of trying to live a life that others will find interesting and memorable, not wanting to miss out on opportunities, um, not holding back from getting on and giving your life as fully as you can. It's a really nice little positive track. I want to go and listen to the album it's from at some point properly. Um, Bury Me in Analogue by Mischief Brew. It was a very sort of raw punk track um, that t- basically covered two topics. Like, half of it is him talking about. He hopes his music takes off and is successful, but if it isn't, you know. Um, giving the world permission to basically just take his music after he's gone and put it out there for the world to use however they want, to remix it and remake it and make their own versions and do what distribute it as they like, because he's gone, you know, might as well get it enjoyed by someone at that point. And the other half of it is a lot of critique of um, the idea of music agents having ownership of creative works and like, you know... Music, rights to music getting sort of handed off round person to person rather than music being something that we can all just sort of share and, you know, be inspired by and, you know, have our own takes on. It's just a sort of like angry punk that was a bit like, hey, you can do whatever the fuck you want with my music when I'm dead. Fuck this idea of agents owning people's music catalogs forever. That's bullshit. Nice. Um, that was good. Uh, you might know this one. Ooh. Uh, Bill and Annie. Uh, by Chuck Brodsky, for, uh, which I know from the "Welcome to Nightvale" weathers. Oh, maybe then. Yeah, it's. Is this really... oh? Is
0: this about the, the, the cup... and the wedding and. Yes,
1: yes. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's a slow sort of acoustic guitar track about someone falling in love outside of a monogamous relationship on their wedding day. Um, and. You know, there's bits of this narrative that I, as a poly, a polyam person, look at and cringe a bit and go, uh, just, just talk to your fucking partner about it, and right. you know. But it, it's this bittersweet track of, of basically, this, this, this person gets married and realizes on his wedding days, as he's gotten married, he's in love with someone else, and both of the two people are like, they're, they're responsible about it. They're like, hey. We've married people. We love these people. It's not that we don't love the people we've just married, and they stay faithful. They don't, you know, cheat on their partners. They stay friends, and every now and then they just sort of talk about what could have been. Um, ha- like you know, did they make the right choice? It's it's doesn't this super healthy, but no, okay. it, <laughs> it doesn't sound healthy. But I, I, what what I like about the track yeah. is that it's. Hmm. How, how, do I, how do I put this? Um, it's an
0: interesting story about
1: yeah. a life. It's, it's a well-told story about a life that, you know, whether they made the right decisions or not, it feels very human. It feels like the kind of thing that probably does happen. Mm-hmm. And I really like that the the lyrics and the music both do a really good job of capturing that same bittersweet tone of the the, the positives and negatives having happening in their lives and the fact that they're happy for themselves and they're happy for each other but they're both just that little bit of, but what if though, mm. and like the, the I feel like the music underneath the lyrics really catches that really nicely. Mm. I've all like I don't agree with the actions of the people necessarily, but I think it's a really beautiful piece of storytelling. Mm. Um, so I've always liked that. Brand new bad news by Glowbug. Sorry, I'm nearly done with my big list of tracks. Didn't realize how much I would listened to this week. Um, good. Uh sort of a mix of fast, high, floaty, upbeat, almost sort of magical twinkly synth, um, with heavy rock guitar placed over it, nice. like, very much in deliberate contrast, um, it in initially the two contrast each other quite dramatically, but it sort of builds to this real crescendo where the two start to mesh in really nice ways, um, a lot of the lyrics are about uncanny feelings that something's not quite right, and that sort of mixing of sounds really helps to enforce that. Uh, I think I've talked about this one before, but I went back and re-listened to uh, Garfunkel and Oates' track, Such a Loser. I don't know if I know that one. Um, so, Garfunkel and Oates is a, a, a pair of female um, musicians who do generally comedic tracks, usually. Um... And and this is one of my favourite songs of theirs. It's really sweet and beautiful. Um, It's the two singers talking about putting a positive spin on being a loser. Um, they, they, They talk about the fact that it's hard... Like, if you fail real hard at something, and you keep doing it, that is something that should be applauded, you know? Um... Really big public failures only happen because you aimed really high and were trying to do something. Um, it talks a lot about, um, and this is something that like I kind of really resonate with, is ignoring people on the internet who make fun of you for failing at stuff. Mm. Cause you go I like, I at least tried. I did it. I was a I was a competitor, you're you know, you're a spectator, you're sitting on the side watching, you know, that's easy. Getting up there and trying, even if you fail, like that's that's hard. You you put yourself out there. Yeah, it's basically just hey, be proud of losers because they're fucking trying. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it's 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 kind of bittersweet, but it's a really reassuring track sometimes mm. to just go. Even if you even if you fuck up, you're at least trying, mm. and that's that's better than the people who who aren't. Trying it all, um, yeah. It's it's just a beautiful track, and I really like recommend it to to anyone that sometimes goes, "Hey, I'm trying to do a creative thing, and I sometimes feel like I suck."
0: Um, is it they say about the master has failed more times than the student has ever tried? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all it, uh, uh,
1: Is this. Okay, I've got two more tracks. I think all in together, G and T remix yeah. by Professor Elemental. So this is a Professor Elemental track. What's the What's the GNT remix? Uh, I haven't listened to the original track uh, okay. recently enough to know the difference, but um, mainly my thoughts are about the lyrics, which you will be aware of, because you know this track by Professor Elemental. Um, Professor Elemental sounds like a sort of posh British man doing rap. Is yeah, that it, a good way to describe him? It's chat pop. Yes. Um, and it's basically just this beautiful little rap about how everyone's weird and fucked up, and there's no
0: such thing as normal, so it's there's no such thing as normal everybody's weird
1: exactly so ex- embrace what ma- makes you feel uh, what makes you unique and he throws out some some specifics he'll throw out things like um you know what kind of art you make your appearances who you love who you love as what fetishes you have just go out and enjoy what you what you love and don't let anyone stop you you know have more work uh, have more fun do less work um the idea of being grown ups is imaginary just be silly and have fun. Um, it's a
0: real lovely little track, isn't it? It's uh, For a while, I thought it was going to be the anthem to my life. Yeah. Um, but I, I have recently had the issue with Professor Elemental and still so ah, follow him. I, I didn't know... I, I'm not up to date
1: on whatever is, has occurred.
0: You can't. It's no. difficult to keep up with That's everyone. If you don't follow these people in the first place, but... No. It is a really good track. Well...
1: If you want a track that has a similar lyrical energy, but isn't connected to that artist, perhaps, um, I would recommend Normal by the Homeless Gospel Choir. It's a little more punky in sound, but mm-hmm. it's very much, again, a sort of just... Don't don't care about being normal, just fucking be you. And, you know, I'm always a fan of tracks on that uh, that vibe. Are
0: you looking up lyrics? It. there's there's some really good lyrics in that track um, yeah. don't be beaten by the bullies or the bigots or the bosses or the system or the sods and all their off boxes in, in offices uh, don't let the silly sausages say your mission is preposterous accomplish it and if they demolish it, repolish it climb to the top, life is yours to conquer plant your flag, roar like a monster hooray for s- small joy, rise and shine make time for relying, make time for wine. Make time for fine nights, it's our ship to char- Charter. Nobody's on their deathbed wishing they worked harder. More wagging, less barking, all in the spotlight, none in the margins. More unicorns and a lot less trolls. We'll never rest and we'll never get old. We'll never get cold with the air so fresh. Just be you. I'm incredibly impressed. Yeah. I might
1: do a couple of lyrics from, from Loser as well. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of just tracks that will like... You're humiliated, hollowed out, and exhausted. You were in the right, uh, the ring, fighting the fight, and you lost it. This isn't your time. This wasn't for you. At least you did everything that you could do. It's just like, hey, are things go bad. Hey, you fucking tried. Mm-hmm. It's just be- beautiful little, little track. Just you. You are such a loser. And here's to you because you deserve a in section too.
0: Do a try. That's yeah. the important thing.
1: Um. Uh, it's 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 lovely. Um, I've got one last track. Uh, Runs in the family Ooh. by Amanda Palmer. Just mimodium for that. <laughs> um, so it's this really fascinating, frantic um, vocal pacing and tone. Like it, it it's one of those songs where the vocal line sounds very genuinely like the singer is sort of distressed as singing. Um, and sort of a little all over the place, a little disjointed, in a way that's really interesting to listen to. Um, It's got a melodic version of, like, a femme punk vocal line singing about, uh, initially about inherited illnesses, um, but more specifically, like, there are things about yourself that, you know, you inherit, that you are born with, that you can't really run away from, and learning to live with, you know, be it illness, or be it something about yourself that just is you know you might not be happy that it's the case but you've got to find a way to live with those things sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, really really interesting little track Uh, I believe it's uh, off the album Who Killed Amanda Palmer I think is the name of the album
0: Who Did Kill Amanda Palmer?
1: Who knows so I think that's everything I've listened to well then time for this (gasps)
0: You uh you 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 want some of that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, did you know? Yeah. You know all that uh, like stress slime and foam slime and and various different slimes What you can get Yeah Yeah, you know
1: There's like For kids But also like Stim aids For adults And yeah, stuff yeah.
0: yeah And like It's been around Since the 80s Yeah so It yeah, used yeah. to be a bit more neon Sometimes Sometimes less Yeah It
1: used to lean into the uh, The gross out angle A bit more Yeah and now it's a bit yeah. more low Isn't it fun and cute Yeah Yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, like, it's a thing, it's been going on for a while, but did you know where that slime comes from?
1: I thought it was, uh, what, PVA
0: glue and uh, contact solution in it? That's what they want you to believe. Oh, yeah. Right? But what they actually do, they're siphoning it. Yeah Off of that alien What they got From uh, Area 51
1: That That seems like A A big old risk You know What what are they getting out of this They're you know Risking Letting alien go out Yeah well
0: the thing is Like The alien Was getting too big For containment Oh yeah And they had all this Waste product They couldn't do anything With so what they started doing was pasteurizing the slime as it came off and then setting it on and depending on like where in in the month we are we get different types and colors of slime so you might get the more foamy one and then you might get the more like drippy one yeah And then you get the one that sort of sticks together mostly in one piece, but is still a bit sort of weird and drippy. And, uh, yeah, it's basically just alien sweat or, or maybe faeces.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what's the end game? What's the end game?
0: Well, I mean, theoretically, the problem emerges when... The entire surface of the earth is covered with this pasteurised alien feces or, or sweat. And, like, maybe that could be like a message to the other aliens that they need to get help down here and, and save that one. Or, yeah. it's a warning to the aliens to stay away because look what we've done to to the other one
1: or well, maybe
0: yeah
1: It just sort of get us used to the idea that aliens are actually not that bad, they're quite fun right, right they're, right. they're our friends, you know, they're they're afraid if they say that they yeah, uh, yeah. they they got an alien, you know, there's gonna be mass hysteria and panic, and yeah, they're just open. And, hey, like, actually, everyone, they're made of that fun slime you like. Yeah, you know, aliens brought you slime for the last twenty years. You like slime? Yeah, aliens yeah, are your friend. Yeah. Don't 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 rip them apart for more slime. No. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, how was your how was your weekend? Oh, yeah, I've had a nice
1: weekend away. Um, yeah, I, was, I was off seeing my timeshare. Oh,
0: yeah. How, how was the timeshare? Oh, it's
1: it's lovely. You know, have I have I told you much about this timeshare?
0: No. I, is it a nice beach place or something like oh, that? Oh
1: no, nothing like that. No, no. In, the,
0: in the forest. No, no, no. Is
1: no, it's 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 actually just down the road. It's really not very far oh. from my house. But um, okay. Me, me and my friends, we went on the in on this timeshare. It's not about you know the location or anything. No. All we actually wanted is just um, a house full of all those childhood knickknacks that we sort of wanted and like, like popper
0: poppers. Yeah. Uh, you Spokey know, dokes.
1: little uh, Power Rangers, your your Transformers, Polly Pockets, all those sort of things. My Little
0: Pony. Yeah,
1: exactly. The the stuff that I don't have. I didn't have money for as a kid, mm-hmm. and I don't have space for as an adult. Right. And even if I had, did have space for
0: it, like... Some of those collectibles are quite expensive, I yeah, guess. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, they're, they're pricey these days, mm. like, you know, even with money. Like, I can't afford to spend all that money to have stuff that I'm going to use, like, twice a year. Huh. But, like, if I pay enough to just have a weekend away every now and then where I can just go play with all those toys that I wanted to have as a kid... And not have to worry about storage space. That's worth it to me. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, just chip in a bit of timeshare on it it's perfect. Uh, It's right near home. I don't have to worry about going far for it.
0: Is there a My Pet Monster? There
1: is a My Pet Monster. (gasps) There is indeed a My Pet Monster. There's an (gasps) Etch-a-Sketch.
0: Light, light, bright.
1: There's some light, bright. With a bunch of lights. There's a bunch of Lego. There's a whole room with a bunch of Lego. A
0: whole room full of Lego. Yeah, I'll be sure to wear my slippers. There's, there's, <laughs> some, there's some
1: bull pit balls and everything.
0: This sounds just magnificent. Get a fucking beach. Stupid yeah, beach house. The, the beach. Give me a genuine gen Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Question time. Have so questions? What's the questions? Uh, Lucy would like to know if a Venom-style symbiote attached itself to you, what would your costume look like? Tentacles? Yeah. Just lots and lots of tentacles. You're just a
1: writhing mass of tentacles.
0: Mm, please. Ooh, ooh.
1: <laughs> I, mm, I don't know, what would I look like?
0: Butts. Butts, butts, butts.
1: I'm just <laughs> covered in butts, am just I? Covered in
0: butts and a boob window.
1: I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a better answer than that. <laughs> yeah, fine, I'm covered in butts. There you go. It's yeah. the butt, the, the butt symbiote. Butt queen. I'm just a big butt now.
0: I like that. And I cannot lie. (laughs) Listener question from Larry Yellingman. Conduit of awkwardness itself. Would Laura be interested in doing a Dice Funk season 5 spin-off about Captain Melbert going off on smoochy adventure with characters, uh, with a character I make, and maybe Lauren? Um, I would
1: totally be up for an offshoot season where it's just smooch of the week. My like, series would be so damn horrible. Just, just it every so every episode haunted. is like an hour and a half of okay, who are we gonna try and kiss this who week? Who's mooching
0: this week? Who's smooching this
1: week? Who's it gonna on, be? On the explicit understanding that the DM will just be like, but the 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 other end will be consensual every time. It, yeah. it, it's always like no, no. This is a person who yeah, there's we, no
0: role to persuade
1: through, through the magic of of DMness. You know that this end target will be into the idea of, of yeah. you know being with you. You just have to work out how do you get there?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Kellogg would like to know what are your thoughts on thunderstorms? Thunderstorms are awesome! Thunderstorms are
1: awesome when you can watch them from the safety of indoors and you're not in the middle of a podcast where you're terrified that your uh,
0: electrical system's going to get fried. Or if you can be sort of out somewhere where you're undercover and you're not going to get zapped but you can sort of feel the rain falling, you... or, like mo- like at least on one side of you. If
1: you can experience it from a position of safety, where like there's going to be no negative impact of it happening, like a porch or something. They're real fucking
0: cool. Yeah. The good soft freb agent of kind. I think that's kind. It's cut off. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's too short for my thing. That would no. make sense in context. What makes you do happy wiggles?
1: What makes me do happy wiggles? Mm-hmm. Oh, happy stim and happy wiggles. Um, planes going on planes and sometimes watching trains from from bridges above them watching trains go under under bridges cuz i am a big cliche of a person on the autism spectrum um i don't know what else makes me do happy wiggles
0: particular gifts i've seen you yeah. get happy wiggles from certain presents i will
1: sometimes i will sometimes from a particularly thoughtful gift have a bit of a happy wiggle um i will sometimes get happy wiggles about music um mm-hmm. like if there's a band that I'm really, really, really into and they put out some new music and I just get an opportunity to sit and listen to a whole bunch of new music from a, 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 some people I really like, that sometimes used to do ha- big happy wiggles. Mm-hmm. Um, can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, but those, those are the fir- one, ones that come to mind.
0: Ooh, what about yeah. you? Um, seeing my friends succeed. Yay. I very much like that. It's like, yeah, you did the thing. Mm-hmm. Yo, you. Having a succeed. I like this. More of that. Uh, Becky Too Hill. Hi, Becky. Uh, we'd like to know, if you had somewhere for it, what fantasy animal would you want as a pet slash familiar? Oh, Rainbow Battle Links, obviously. Of
1: course, Rainbow Battle Links. Go for, like, Falcor from The Never Ending Story. Aww. Big, cuddly, lovable friend that you can have a conversation with that can also fly you around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go find a space for,
0: for our uh, friend Falcor. I don't know, I feel like Falcor's a bit doggy.
1: Yeah, but I also feel like he's got enough sentience to avoid the things I don't like about dogs.
0: Hmm. What was the Sky Yak from? Oh, um, Appa. Appa. Yeah. Upper. Yeah.
1: From uh, Avatar: The Last yes. Airbender. Yes. Um, I could go for Appa. Was very cute. Appa was very cute.
0: Yeah, let's have Appa. Yeah. Uh, Temptress Laviolette i would like to know, if you could own one fictional spaceship IRL, which would you choose, Snallygaster? Oh. Uh, okay, the Snallygaster, <laughs> uh, it's either that or the Normandy
1: from Mass Effect.
0: Enterprise D refit? Ooh. The one from All Good Things with the like, extra cannon under the saucer yeah, section of the extra warp nacelle? That's pretty fab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think probably that one.
1: Yeah, that's I can't think of many, any more that jumped up to mind. mind. Uh, the Firefly? The Firefly's a pretty cool choice. I, The Millennium Falcon had like, here's the thing, I like the idea of the Millennium Falcon mainly yeah. because the interior looks lived in. Also, like, it's not super huge, so it'd yeah. be easy to clean. It's not super huge, and it's also not, like, super pristine. I wouldn't be afraid of, like, scuffing the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like... It's the kind of place where I could chuck a bag. It's down not like on the, the Death Star. Like we're
0: like, no, I don't want to scuff oh, the floor yeah. with these trays. Like,
1: I could <laughs> chuck my my bag on the floor next to the table where the hollow chest is, and I'd be like, yeah. yeah, it's fine.
0: Exactly, I can leave my
1: bag on the floor. It's cool. Yeah,
0: I guess that one's okay. Um 3D printing boy wants to know if axolotls could make a cute sound. What sound do you think they would make?
1: I'm imagining the sound of a ki- of a kitten doing a little mew, but like underwater. So there's a little bit of like a. Mew, followed by, like, a couple of bubble sounds. Yeah, that. That's an axolotl sound.
0: There you go. That is all the questions. Mm. So then, time for this. Ooh. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Well, I want to see more... Like, Broshal Justice Warriors?
1: Broshal Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. Now you doing.
0: I'm not too bad, me. Not too bad. Struggling to reach quite the octave I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. Right. seem to have reached right. it now. We're in the, yeah, we're in the right vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing this week? You yeah. an all right one? Yeah, well, you know, it's... Uh, the world is uh, remains as it is the looming peril of, of the looming spectrum oh, of brexit yeah, yeah, you know yeah. once once again sort of just trying to ignore the fact that it's all going down in
1: a basket a little bit
0: yeah a little bit and it doesn't help that there's been you know the the community as it exists online has yeah. been uh there's been some problematic issues this this week uh someone was saying about how uh, they they felt that uh the 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 like a, a round of, of of pronoun queries in, in in a group was uh was unnecessary and and you know we've got whole groups of people who are desperately trying to get more of that yeah and and this person's like well you know I should be exempt from from having to be involved in that like well not only are you a, a, a trans person but you are you know the, you don't know who else is in that room like yeah. somebody else could be non-binary you might find you might. You, some, you some might, might assume th- that everyone yeah. here is cis, but that's not necessarily the well, case.
1: even if, even if some, if, if there are, you know, you know, there are other trans people in the room, you might assume that their gendered presentation will tell you what their pronoun is. You know, they might have a uh, non-traditional presentation, exactly. for example. Um, look, I actually had a really nice experience with that this week. I went, yeah. I went to a, uh, I went to a rock event. Yeah. Uh, and I was sat in the queue. I got talking with some people and we, you know, we barely started talking and someone went, ah, I'm so and so. My pronouns are this, and we ended up, you know, it, it, became, it was a very normalised moment. We, just, yeah, everyone went round and as they said their name, just threw in their pronouns because you know it might seem it might seem obvious, but you know it costs nothing. It's exactly. such it's such a simple thing,
0: and it's not and like also you're... just like normalising that in yeah. such a way is you know so good, and and just describing people who do it as you know being hyper woke. Oh no, it's no. just like. But- the, even so, like, what is wrong with being hyper? Like, again,
1: it's like who is it, who is it in any way, shape, or form hurting to say, "Hey, this is these are the words I would like you to use when you refer to me." In like, dates uh, less
0: than a second, exactly. And also, like, people change. You might not have seen that yeah. person in a couple of weeks. You don't know what what has happened. They might be using that moment as their their time to sort of actually go, uh, "Actually, I, I'm yeah, coming out." Do you mind if I use this one? Yeah. yeah, or even like experimenting with pronouns, yeah. if like you are, you know, maybe on the verge of, of you know, maybe coming out, or like I've uh, there was that uh, celebrity gamer, you oh, know, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. who recently uh, came out using. Uh, some some non binary terms there, you know. Yeah. It's You don't know who can change suddenly what's going on with someone. Just so, just, you know, yeah. it, it costs nothing. It hurts no one. It's... And you pissing and whinging about it, not you, obviously, oh, but, know, you know, know. The, this, the, these people pissing and whinging about it, like you are actively harming your own community.
1: It, it's why I've always appreciated when. Uh... People who are not trans or non-binary uh, will normalise putting pronouns in their uh, their bios on yeah. social media. You know, it just it's, it it normalises it to a point where the fact that you have put your pronouns in there doesn't, you know, necessarily have to out the fact that you are a trans or non-binary person. For Indeed. example,
0: also I I found that checking for people's pronouns within their bios tends to weed out a lot of the dickheads.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like weirdly, if someone puts their pronouns in there, there's a good chance that they're a thoughtful person
0: yeah which is a uh... It's usually, uh, it's not foolproof, but it's a nice indicator. No, it's, 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 it's like the diametric opposite of seeing gender free on there.
1: Ah, uh, it's, it's, it's the opposite of seeing someone use a, uh, a frog emoji in their, uh, yeah,
0: Twitter bio. Or, or, you know, or the, uh, the check of flags. Oh, no, I don't
1: get me started <laughs> on yeah, that.
0: Don't, yeah, let's not, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you know what we could do? Yeah. Would you be interested in a hug? I would, I would. Yeah, let's have that <laughs> hug, yeah, mate. Ah. Ah. That is, that is a good update.
1: Yeah, it's good to make time for those plutonic arcs.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, can I interest you in a cup of tea? Yeah, I reckon you can. Yeah, I'll uh, put the kit on. in. Yeah, we'll have a cup of tea. Yeah. Laura? Yes. Where can be find you? On the internet, darling.
1: Laura K Buzz in all of those places. All of the places. Laura K
0: Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz
1: on YouTube. Laura K Buzz. On Patreon, that's what pays the bills. On Twitch. Uh Laura K Buzz on Twitch. Laura K Buzz Store, that's where you can get the Uncomfortable Labels audiobook. Mm-hmm. You can also get it as a physical book, which is out now. Uh we've had a reprint, so it should be mm. back in stock in places that have physical books. Oh, uh, it's about being trans and on the autism spectrum. Uh you can also find me on Dice Funk. You can find, oh, it's a it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, and 6. That was one of those. Yeah, we we will talk about that one in a second. Um you can find all of my stuff on LauraKBuzz.com. There is Pixelsquirp, where I review anime video game porn. Uh there is Tonal Whiplash where I interview people with serious and silly questions. That's all I can think of right now. Um, what about you?
0: Me? I'm on, I'm on Twitter as Maniac ManiacJaniac. I'm on Twitch as ManiacJaniac, where I stream sort of mainly Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I'm on stonemonkeyradio.blog where I write things. You can read things, because I've actually got round to writing things recently. Ooh. Um, Patreon.com slash radio. If you wanna help do a support of me, I would super appreciate that. If you pay, I think it's like $10 a month. It could be 15. Uh, you get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers. As soon as I've finished editing it, you get a copy. Ooh. Um, what else is there? Also, for people who've been following, if if you support me right now at any level, you will get the uh, Festy Quest text adventure that I've been working on for a couple of months. I reckon that will be finished and ready for playtesting at least by the end of or the middle of next week, I think at the latest. Uh, so look forward to that. If you're interested, you have a chance to get in. Uh, that'll be going to, to Patreons uh, for free for the uh, for the first three months and then I will sort of do a general release for all the people who want a copy. Mm. Um, where else am I? Uh, PayPal.me slash Jane Magnet if you want to do a support there. I'm also on the Curiosity Epidemic Network. We do Badly Designated Heroes. All of that... Is moving over to soundcloud.com slash Jane Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Um, because we couldn't be bothered to play for two lots of hosting. Which is totally fair. And the next series will be Polyamory. We're going to do a series of Polyamory. So, <sighs> I guess it makes sense to stick with the rest of the series. Yeah. So yeah, check that out uh, and get ready. We will be coming back soon. I think Badly Designated Hero Series 1 wraps up. I think there's, like, one more episode left to go up of what we've recorded. It's weird, because that was over a month ago. But, yeah, that's all the good stuff, I think. I think that's all the good stuff. So, Loredon, sing us out. Until next time,
1: be a stranger. (laughs)